There's another squad attacking. Welcome to the Third Party Podcast. I'm your host, Shay, joined today by my co-host, Henry. Henry, how's it going today? Going very good. Definitely enjoying season five and all the new stuff that we've been getting recently. Pretty awesome. It's been a great time to play Apex, so it's a great time to talk about Apex. This is your weekly Apex Legends podcast. We got a big day ahead of us today, going over some reviews, news, another Mastering the Legends segment with our support legends, Loba and Lifeline, Uh, hitting up some charge tower strategies, weapon concept, legend concept, and then wrapping it up with some questions. Make sure to check us out on Instagram at thirdpartypod or Twitter at thirdpartypod. Uh, We try to post a lot of the stuff we talk about on Instagram, kind of pull your guys' opinions on a lot of things. It's really awesome to interact with you guys on there. Uh, But with that, let's jump into the reviews. And so the first review is coming from War Like Cone, five-star review. I love the pod. It helps me get through work and other boring stuff. Keep up the good work. Thank you, War Like Cone. Glad to know we can help out in some way. Love to hear it. Next one's coming from Elias the Dude, five stars. They say, drop here for some hot tips. Having recently come back to playing Apex after playing for two weeks at launch, I was hungry for knowledge. Uh, I checked recent pods, and this one was still cranking out episodes mid-pandemic, making it the obvious choice. And man, have they gotten me back on track. They bring in-depth analysis and high-level play insights. Love the pod. Can't wait for more. Thank you. Thank you, Elias. Super nice. You know, high level play insights. That's what we that, focus well, on. We try. Know? We try. Pro level tips. You know, pandemic was, uh, you know, kind of nice. We're roommates, so it made it actually a little bit easier for us to start recording this podcast. But, you know. quite an obstacle, more we'll, of an we'll, impetus. We'll take the credit for sure. Yes. And our last review is coming from V-I-B, Vibe. That's shorthand for the longer one. Five star, best podcast. It is nice to have such a good podcast on something a lot of people are passionate about. So thank you. Keep doing what you're doing. Much love. Much love to you, Vibe. That's what it's about. Everyone loves Apex and we like talking about Apex. It's all good here. Yep. And with that though, let's get into the news for today. First piece of news is the release of the Pathfinder edition. And so this is kind of the uh, similar physical edition we've seen in the past with Octane, Lifeline, and I believe one other, I can't remember the, which one, and it includes the full metal robot skin, which looks like it's pretty much Rambo as Pathfinder. Very cool looking. I haven't actually seen it in game yet on somebody, uh, but I'm excited to. Comes with a badge, weapon charm, and a really cool looking Havoc skin, along with a thousand Apex coins. It's a good deal if you're getting into the game and great skin for a great character. Yeah, I think this is a cool concept. You know, it's very interesting to sell physical editions uh, of the game and to kind of give these aesthetic bonuses uh, to people for a free-to-play game. Uh, but I like kind of how unique they go with it. It's cool skins in the game, so I really like it. Yeah. Pathfinder deserves a bit of love right now. I mean, I have the, like, we have the free game. I'd still definitely pick up a physical edition if I, like, really fell in love with the skin and you know, the Pathfinder one is definitely up there for the physical edition copies. The Lifeline one is just freaking awesome for sure. It is. Next piece of news we have is coming from that one mining guy. He's officially returned to Apex on Twitter. And it's great news for all of us Apex fans because we get to learn a lot about the game because he is an absolute beast of a data miner. 
And this is kind of cool, uh, potentially introducing uh, some Titanfall elements into the game. So as we know, Apex Legends kind of spawned out of Titanfall 3 in the coding process and stuff. So there are a lot of segments of code that read Titanfall style stuff. Uh, we have now seen the addition of certain tags to these physical things. And so that is Titans, Stalkers, Spectre, uh, Frag Drone are now in the files with the Outlands tag, which if you don't know, the Outlands is where the Apex games are held. And so we kind of see this link now and potentially maybe getting some sort of an addition. Um, his thought on Twitter was that we'd probably see it in much more of the PVE area. And I tend to agree with that sentiment. I don't think we're going to see Titans in our game anytime soon. Yeah, absolutely. I think that these elements could be super fun to go through these quests, maybe this season, maybe next season. You know, right now, Respawn is setting us up for nine campaign-style missions uh, every season Yeah. now. So, you know, there's a ton of content to explore, and I think it would be super cool to introduce uh, these elements. Yeah, and they can do whatever they want in the quest, really. Like, it's not going to piss off anybody if uh, someone's running around in a Titan in a quest. It's just a good yeah. time at that point. For sure. Uh, the next piece of news, kind of linking to that, we're going to be talking about the quest. So quest number two, A Fallen Legend. It was a really cool, really, really cool quest. What were your thoughts on it overall? Yeah, I thought it was uh, a bit of an upgrade from the first quest, just kind of new features, new elements. Uh, we had different starting weapons this time around. Don't want to give away everything, but uh, it was a bit more challenging. Uh, there was more interaction and activation elements. Definitely. Uh, than just popping down the drill. Uh, in the first. Um, quest um and then there's also uh gold weapons so that's a bit of a spoiler but kind of a fun thing to put into the quest and kind of the whole team got uh kind of kitted out there at the end so it was uh, cool definitely a really cool one and look forward to the next yeah i'm loving these quests and i'm loving the lore we're not gonna dive too deep onto them right now just not to spoil them uh but it's a really awesome time and i love reading those blurbs after the fact i actually saw a really cool thing on twitter coming from our guy shrutgal another data miner and he pretty much leaked that there is a hard setting for the quest that is currently turned off. And the hard setting means all the prowlers have 110 health and then the shadow prowlers have 40 health and there's a huge increase in the amount of them. So wow. if that gets turned on, we could be in for, some, in for some trouble at some point. For sure, yeah. I haven't really felt like they kind of told us that some legends are going to be better and others are going to be less yeah. good and it's kind of up for, to us to argue about it. I haven't really used a lot of abilities. I know it's kind of been fun to use Mirage. That's what I've um, been doing, yeah. Because the Prowlers actually go for the decoys, which mm -hmm. is super cool. Um, but other than that, you know, I'm, I'm ready for more of a challenge. It was really helpful because I played this one by myself. Um, you know, it was like having that ultimate was really, really nice because yeah. it was like six other guys that were just distracting the Prowlers and they get bamboozled a lot more easily than uh, the random people on Kings Canyon. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Next piece of news, and the last, is the reintroduction of map rotation into the game. We officially have World's Edge back, and no big map changes. Uh, no charge towers were added at all. What are your thoughts just overall on that? Yeah, I was kind of, you know, on the edge of my seat thinking if uh, the charge towers were going to be introduced, uh, but not yet. Um, and then, you know, we had a lot of questions about uh, how Lobo is going to fit on this map, and specifically with... Uh, the Loot Vault and the Bloodhound Trials. And uh, the news is pretty much Loba can use her ultimate to steal from both of those places. Um, but if you do, you're kind of given a warning 
Like, are you sure you want to steal from this? This is a locked vault. Yeah. That is a crime. Um, <laughs> and then if you do and you hit yes, um, you know, alarms blaring and lights flashing. So that's kind of an answer to our questions. Uh, kind of a cool element. What do you think? You know, it, it's interesting. Yeah. I just thought it was cool. It's very nice to have like, uh, they saw that this was going to be something with the game and they addressed it in the way they did. It's cool. The alarm's pretty loud when you're right outside of it, uh, stealing the loot. And then I was actually playing a game and uh, I was in Sorting Factory and we heard the alarm from Sorting Factory and went and pushed and wiped out the team there. So like it's definitely loud and gives away the position. So definitely go there with the loot vault key as the priority for sure. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how much Lobo is played on if if people get so excited that they just now drop these multiple hot zones now. You know, we have multiple loot vaults yeah. and we also have the trials. So, you know, if teams are really banking on that Loba ultimate and getting set up early with purple and gold armor, well, it's kind of cool. the ultimate breaks after you steal one item. So gotcha. Loba can only actually take one item before the alarm activates and then it breaks and you take like a small amount of damage. So it's really not supposed to be played as like, like, a, that. like that where you drop there. I just experimented with it. I mean, I definitely think it's worth it still if you're just nearby and don't have armor because for the most part, I'm sure if your team uh, heads out of there, you'll be able to get away for the most part. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely a very cool element that they added to the game. And a good balancing decision. Definitely. With Lobo. Oh, man. They put so much uh, effort into her. It's really impressive. And with that, we're going to get into the main body of the day. And we're going to be talking about how to master a couple of legends. And so if you haven't heard our previous Mastering the Legends segment, uh, essentially when Henry and I feel like we've played a character enough to really uh, speak uh, to the abilities and how to use the character effectively, uh, we come on here to kind of share our thoughts. And it's really just us trying to tell you guys all the little tips and tricks that you don't know from just starting off and playing the legend for the first time. And we really want to help you guys learn how to use and master these legends for sure. And today we're going to be going with the support legends. So we got Lifeline and the Loba. We've gotten a lot of people asking us about Loba. And so we felt like we should address that and that I've played enough of her to be able to speak to that. And Henry's been playing a whole ton of Lifeline and just with all the controversy around her right now as a character, uh, we felt like it's a very good time to kind of speak to her because Henry and I seem to be in the minority in that we still think she's one of the best legends in the game and she's awesome and you know if we see a rework at some point we can readdress it but right now she's a great character and so we want to really focus on how to play her and so with that i'll let henry take away lifeline yeah so lifeline the support legend uh she's og you know a part of the original crew uh she's seen a lot of love and hate throughout her time in the apex games uh you know back in the early uh season zero uh, she was considered to be an incredibly competitive legend, uh, oh, yeah. definitely top tier. A lot of the best players uh, were maining Lifeline, uh, pretty much because of her passive kit um, and really small hitbox. Uh, but recently, uh, she hasn't seen as much love and uh, action and competitive play. Uh, but I think that a lot of that hype has contributed to Respawn, kind of thinking about doing those balancing like we were talking about in the last episode. Um and kind of just looking at how the data around Lifeline seems to be pretty balanced and seems to line her up pretty well. Um, and so I still play her a fair bit, and I think uh, you guys might want to give her another crack uh, after hearing this episode. Oh, yeah. She's awesome. I mean, like, 
you've been playing her a ton this season. I played her a ton last season just because it's she's a great legend overall, all around. Yeah, so kind of season five, uh, no big changes to Lifeline, um, but there are some kind of indirect buffs and changes that she's experienced. Um, you know, like Shay says, uh, I have ample experience with Lifeline, played her back in the day, um, have well over a thousand kills with her, so that's kind of why we're throwing her in here. Uh, but first things first, uh, the passive, uh, or better said, uh, the list of passives. <laughs> the list of passives, um, yeah. <laughs> kind of ridiculous how many Lifeline has nowadays. Uh, but the main one is that Lifeline consumes healables 25% faster. Um, that's an incredible ability. You know, season it's four, so or season three, season four, uh, Lifeline uh, kind of got replaced by this gold armor concept uh, that kind of gave that passive uh, to anybody that had gold armor. Uh, but with that ability gone, uh, this is a, a pretty top-tier passive, being able to do that. And then alongside that, as a passive, she can revive teammates 20% faster with a combat shield every single time she revives. Uh, this definitely makes her uh, far and away the best reser uh, on any team. And then uh, her entire team gets access uh, to two additional loot items in one out of every five supply bins. Uh, those are the blue ones on the map right now. I want you to speak to something real quick because I agree with you and that Lifeline is the best reser on the team uh, and in any team. But there are a lot of people that would argue that, you know, Gibraltar with the bubble is still up there and now additionally Mirage. Um, what What is like the main reasoning for you in saying that? Because I completely agree, but you're the one that plays them yeah. the, or the most. Yeah, we talked about Gibraltar in our last Mastering the Legends. Um, you know, the thing about Lifeline is it's a passive. You know, Gibraltar gets that same duration of a res uh, only when he has the bubble. Yep. Um, and with the bubble only being 12 seconds, you can't really get off multiple reses. If there's a gunfight, you kind of have that one opportunity to pick one person up uh, and the bubble is a very strong tactical in and of itself. But Lifeline can res as many people whenever she wants with a shield, and it's faster, and it's just really clean. Like Gibraltar's uh, dome shield does pick up 20% uh, faster, but you have to deploy the shield. They have to get inside. It's not necessarily as fast as Lifeline. And for that reason, she's really top tier in the healing spectrum. But Definitely. I, I like the conversation around Mirage. I think that there can be some pretty aggressive reses with him. Uh, but I think just overall Lifeline's ability to use that uh, shield is pretty unique and to be able to do it faster uh, kind of just edges out Mirage there. Yep. Um, I agree 100%. I and just wanted you to talk about we'll talk about about it. more about Mirage. I'm really excited for yeah. that episode. Uh, but, you know, there's, there's things about him. We're going to have to master Mirage soon. It'll take time, but I'm willing to commit. Because I got a sneaky commit. tip. Oh, man. <laughs> um, but pretty much uh, a lot to break down in those passives. Um, you know, having three of those, the best one being being able to heal yourself faster is pretty great. Um, I really like that extra access to loot in those blue bins. You know, they increased it now in season five. Um, to a 20% chance of having one of those blue bins. Um, I think it's pretty good. You know, coupled alongside Loba, uh, you can really set up your team, um, but it kind of just depends on if your team wants to use these bins, like calling out the extended uh, supply bins is pretty important. Um, and yeah, you're only getting, you know, cells and syringes most of the time, uh, 
but you can also get weapon attachments and you also get batteries and med kits. So, you know, those things add up and can definitely help you in the long run. Yeah. I just like it because it plays to her being a medic and that like she supplies these shield cells and syringes as they are most of the time to the team. And that's what her role is at its core. And I really do like them. And I feel like since you've been playing her a lot, we and my coupled with Loba, we don't have healable problems ever, which is something that has lost of lost us games in the past. Yeah, and that's absolutely true. And next, kind of talking about that tactical, uh, the Doc Heal Drone. Uh, this is quite a unique tactical. Uh, in our last episodes where we ranked the Legends, uh, this, you know, was kind of like a middle, lower tier tactical. Uh, just kind of, it's kind of outclassed by so many other mobility and kind of aggressive and defensive uh, tacticals. This one kind of stands alone. You know, the kind of closest thing to it is Watson's ultimate. Yeah. You know, it's hard to kind of assess it alongside all the other tacticals. Uh, but today we get to kind of just look at it by itself and break it down. And it has a 60 second cooldown. So it's a pretty long tactical. But then it has a 20 second duration at five health per tick as a solo. And so it kind of changes the amount of healing provided is split uh, between however many people or players uh, are using the drone at a time. Um, and this essentially means that, you know, if you're just using it yourself or you're using it for another teammate, uh, they're going to get more health faster than if three people are trying to attach to it and heal simultaneously. But this is a very cool uh, tactical ability. Um, first, some like points of clarification. Um, the drone can be destroyed by en- enemies. Uh, and so this can kind of mean that you could use it as cover potentially, uh, but also that you should be kind of putting it not just in the open that people can shoot at, uh, kind of around corners. Um, another thing that's new this season is that the dock drone can no longer be pushed around. Um, there was some strategies where you could uh, put down the dock drone and then put a Gibraltar dome shield on top of it somehow and then move around the dome shield. Uh, that's no longer possible because of this. Uh, but it also just means you kind of have to position that uh, drone where you want it. You can't really chase around teammates and force heal them as aggressively. And then the last thing is it can't be used in the ring very effectively because after two ticks, it's destroyed uh, no matter what ring you're in. Um, so those are kind of some facts that they've been changed around throughout the seasons, uh, but that's pretty much where it is in its current state. Now, um, the tactics around using this tactical pretty straightforward. Um, Topping off the health of the entire team is really what I probably use it the most, just so that the whole team doesn't have to use, you know, syringes or whatever. If you pop into caustic gas, the whole team gets ulted. You can kind of just top everybody off with that. Um, And that's really nice. Kind of the most effective uh, form that I see it being is great to pop down before you res a teammate so they can just come right back up, put on a battery, and they're pretty much at full health at the end of that. Um, but then also very good as an individual and, you know, as much as a team player as I am, I'm not going to play a legend just because it helps other people. Um, I think this is incredibly useful. You know, this tactical, if I get really clapped and I'm, you know, I have no shields and I have, you know, very little health, I can duck around a corner, pop this tactical, get all my health back while I pop a battery that takes four seconds instead of five seconds. And that essentially means that Instead of having to do a Phoenix kit that takes 10 seconds, I can be full health in four seconds. It's like That's the most, an incredible yeah. ability. That's what this tactical does. Not only saves you those bigger heals and saves you meds, 
but it's really a time thing. I can help my team because I can heal in less than half the time. It's pretty impressive when you look at it like that. It couples with her passive so good. It's yeah, the most it's, badass little combo right there. And It's great for the team. It's great for you. It's great for getting into the fight. And I definitely think that you should against. use it a lot. Very frustrating to fight against when you when you destroy a lifeline and they round the corner and then they're full health. No big deal. That's just kind of what happens right now. They are definitely a legend to look for, um, but also hard to hit. I've really been enjoying playing a lot more of her now. Next up, I want to talk about her ultimate. Um, this ultimate uh, to new players uh, definitely sounds completely overpowered. The fact yeah. that you can call in a care package uh, kind of seems crazy. Um, fact of the matter is you can't really get care package weapons in it. It's not a traditional care package. It's a little it's, sneaky. It's kind of special. Uh, but kind of the stats are it's got a six minute charge up time. So incredibly long. Uh, and then it has a 15 second drop time from uh, when you call it in to when it lands and you can actually pick up the items out of it. Um, really strong ultimate, always been strong. Uh, definitely Lifeline has been somebody to push ultimate accelerants to just because it does take so long and it can help the whole team so much. Um, but this essentially takes randomness out of the game. If you can introduce new items into the loot pool, you don't have to fight over loot. You don't have to you know, rely on RNG to get that purple armor. Um, so it can be a pretty cool thing. Um, each care package has one healing item, one weapon attachment, and one piece of gear, which is an important thing to kind of keep in mind. You're not going to be getting, you know, two extended mags. You're not going to be getting two pieces of armor. I'm not getting um, three gold armors out of the lifeline care package, Henry? No, unfortunately not. You oh. can't get gold armor right now, but you can get some gold items, uh, which is pretty nice. Uh, you can get gold piercer. scopes and the skull piercer, which is uh, very clutch. Um, and so recently, because of the charge towers, this is what I was talking about, about these indirect buffs to lifeline. Um, very interesting. Now, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about strategies with uh, the charge towers, but the fact that you can call in more of these care packages more often so that it's not once or maybe twice a game, but now three to five and even six times a game, uh, you're definitely increasing the amount of armor and great attachments you can get from them, which massively increases uh, its value. Um, I recently ran a test of 60 trials. So I called in 60 care packages and I kept track of how many times I got purple armor. Um, and 32% of the time uh, we got purple armor, which uh, is pretty cool. And I didn't count for, you know, purple helmets or purple extended light or heavy mags or and backpacks, gold knockdown shields. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's pretty, uh, it's a pretty nice ultimate, but the fact that you can get that purple armor is kind of what you're looking for, and you get it almost one of every three times. So. Especially on King's Canyon, where there's less you know, opportunity to get that high-level armor. There's no loot vaults. There's no cargo drones. Like The ticks are not as common, and it's definitely been really, really nice to really push that purple armor really quickly. Absolutely. So then some tactics with the care package. Um, once you call it in, you can actually climb on top of it. So, you know, in some special circumstances, you can kind of get to hard to reach places. If you don't have a pathfinder on your team, you can kind of get some high ground with it sometimes. Um, but it's also incredible cover. Uh, this is a care package that cannot be destroyed. And so for one or two people, you can use this really effectively for those end ring fights uh, to hide behind a indestructible piece of cover. Um, kind of cool for that. Um, 
but also it's important to keep in mind that this is a care package that other people can see and other teams can push you if they see it. You know, it takes 15 seconds for it to come down and you can see it from halfway across the map. Uh, and people know that it's a lifeline package because it doesn't appear on the map uh, like the traditional care packages do. Um, so, you know, you can look at this as a positive or a negative. Sometimes we look at it as a positive, um, but it kind of just depends on what state you're in. You know, if you're really beat back, you don't have weapons, you are running low on healables, and you decide you have to call in this care package, definitely proceed with caution. Uh, but if you're stacked and you want to get some more kills, call in three care packages and see what happens. can be pretty good. It's definitely fun to use as a misdirect late game at times too. That's also and true to get people to, you know, bait people to go for the care package or yeah. send it one direction, go the other direction. Definitely pretty good. And then I kind of just want to talk overall about Lifeline. Um, she has one of the smallest hit boxes in the game. Um, because of that, she is hit with low profile, which means she takes 5% more damage in any shot to the limbs or counted as body shots. Um, but the fact of the matter is, you know, I'm a Gibraltar main uh, first and foremost, and going from Gibraltar, who is a reser <laughs> and kind of a support defense legend, uh, to Lifeline, I can pretty much fulfill the same role, but give my team more loot and more armor uh, and take a lot less bullets. You know, it's very nice to uh, be able to use tactics like strafing and jumping and crouching to avoid bullets when Gibraltar doesn't matter how good you are, you're going to take hits. You yeah. know, you can't really be missed. So you can strafe to some point, but uh, the movement is a lot different. And they, same with caustic. They it's, play very differently, Lifeline versus Gibraltar, just from a strafing and perspective. The movement yeah. is just uh, far and away different. Uh, and she's overall very fun to play. Um, kind of, there's a lot of talk about Lifeline and kind of these aggressive combat heals. Um, and I kind of just want to take a moment to wrap things up and talk about that. Um, as Lifeline, you cannot hesitate to revive. Um, with that fast revive and the shield, um, you really got to jump on it to get the maximum value out. Um, but don't use the shield uh, as like something that's going to protect everybody and everybody, yeah. um, no matter what. Um, it kind of has to be used strategically. Uh, if you're in a one-on-three, you're the lifeline, you're trying to res somebody, and there's still three people up on the other team, honestly, if they're on you already, that shield's not really going to help because they're going to see you're resing, they're going to rush you, your teammate has no health, they're going to get knocked instantly, and then you just invited them over to you without your gun up. So it can be really tough in that regard, but still use it aggressively, but hopefully you are there have some distance in between you and the enemy team, or you have that third teammate who's up kind of behind you and protecting you and this person that's about to come back up. It's really tough. It's tough to get those crazy reses off where you're actually using the shield. It's taking bullets. Like people are really excited. Um, but I would definitely say use caution and don't, don't kind of risk it all because it is kind of risky to, even though it's fast and it has the shield, um, it can definitely invite some some mastiffs to come up in your face. It cracks me up because like some lifelines that you play with, they'll do the they'll push the aggressive res and like you were saying, a good team is gonna already recognize they have the advantage. And if they see that shield go up, it's an instant sign to go run in there as fast as possible. And then yeah, you're gonna get the res off, but that person is instantly dead again. Like Unless you got yeah. a gold bag. I would say the strategy switches a little bit with the gold bag. 
Like you can be uber, uber aggressive at that point. But yeah, overall, like you're saying, I definitely agree. Yeah, it, it can be tough. And, you know, sometimes I'll mess around. I see a lot of people do this uh, as well uh, with kind of faking out the res. So like drop down the shield for a second, bring people in um, and then stop the res uh, early and then fight them off. I honestly don't recommend it in Mastering the Legends. It's really risky um, and can not be as good as instead repositioning or ducking around a corner knowing that you're down one teammate or two teammates getting better positioning uh, crouching you know around a corner trying to maximize your chances as an individual instead of kind of risking your own life to bring back somebody with no health so it's definitely a very fun legend to play i've really enjoyed lifeline um i'm excited to see what they do to her as this kind of side uh side, side grade side grade yeah it would be interesting I really don't want her ultimate to leave, especially on King's Canyon. Um, yeah, but can we get a King's Canyon ultimate and a World's Edge ultimate? That'd be great. I think we sure. should really talk about that. Sure. Yeah. I, I really <laughs> have this itch that, uh, that charge towers are going to come. At some point. I just, I, I really like how they play and we're going to talk about them uh, in a few minutes here, but that's all I have to say about Lifeline. Lifeline is great legend. Lifeline is awesome. Top tier. Really great. Uh, data to support her and she's awesome like overall she's been here since the beginning you know overall just as a character she's sweet got great skins and she's just a badass word my only complaint about her is that one of her skins she has a grappling hook and she can't use that i feel like that's just unnecessary at that point yeah lifeline's got to upgrade that mobility okay now we're going to talk about loba so the newest addition to the legend pool uh, Loba is the translocating thief and is a master of looting. Kind of helps, you know, the team get whatever they need throughout the entire game. And, you know, Loba being introduced recently, I think we really wanted to talk about her in the last podcast, but we didn't feel quite ready to really speak to everything about her in that she's an incredibly difficult legend to use. And that's, I think, the preface for everything I'm going to be saying from here on out. And if you can learn how to use her correctly, I think she's great. She's definitely uh, in that upper tier of legends. Uh, that's where we ranked her. And I'm glad that they introduced a legend that was in that upper tier to start. Uh, but we're going to start with the abilities. Uh, so we'll start with the passive, Eye for Quality. Loba can see nearby epic and legendary loot through walls with the same range as the Black Market Boutique. And so this is just a fun ability. Like, it's cool. It's a great ability off the drop. You know, you can secure the armor early. I can't even tell you how many gunfights I've won now and that I drop next to somebody and they go one direction and I know that the purple armor is somewhere else. And, you know, purple armor versus nothing, you're winning that fight 100 out of 100 times. And it's useful for callouts to teammates. That's a real key for using Loba is being incredibly communicative. Um, you can ping stuff through walls, but you know, it's sometimes it's easier to see that armor or see the Phoenix kit, or if a hop up is there and your team's looking for that, really communicate and call out everything you can and make sure you're asking your teammates if you're on mic, what do you need? Because that's your job as Loba is to stack up the team. And in that same vein, uh, using this ability to expedite the looting process, uh, Henry and I have really with playing Loba been able to almost like bypass buildings if we're pretty much set up as a team and we're just looking for either one piece of armor or one extended mag we can skip over everything and really focus on that fighting because i think that's where the fun of apex comes in 
That's for sure. It's just a fun ability overall. It's really useful. And something that I think rings true with both of these legends is that um, you miss these abilities when you don't have them. You miss Lifeline's passive and you miss Loba's passive. And that's something we personally think is a pretty good measurement of if a passive is very helpful and useful. Um, But with that, though, let's talk about the tactical. This is kind of the bread and butter and something that really sets Loba apart and is unique. And that's Burglar's Best Friend. It's got the 30 second cooldown on it. Uh, Essentially, throw the bracelet and you can teleport. That's That's the overall gist of it. But I think first and foremost, I need to explain that this is one of the hardest abilities in Apex to get good at and master. And as much as I want to say I've mastered this legend, I'm still not there with the bracelet. The bracelet is incredibly hard to use. And once you figure that out, though, you can really pull off some crazy plays. But first, kind of understanding the mechanics is key. Uh, When you activate the bracelet, you kind of get that arc like a grenade. Uh, so that you could throw the grenade and you know see where the bracelet's going to land. And if you press, for us, it's right trigger because we're on Xbox. And I think it's left click on the mouse and keyboard uh, to cancel the ultimate is technically what it's called. But essentially, it just drops it straight down into the ground and uh, allows you to teleport more quickly. Bracelet is really important to know where you're going to land. And so following the orange, what did you call it? Tracer line, maybe? underneath. Yeah, that, that's what I call it. and. I just think that this is a really hard ability, like you said, um, but it's so unique. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's so almost customizable, like you're going to talk about a little bit more. The fact that you can cancel it, the fact that you can really control the distance and the timing, very unique compared to like a Wraith yeah, tactical. Yeah, very it's different. Fixed. fixed duration, can't really mess around with height and distance, things like that. So, yeah, I, that's what I'll say about yeah. it. Yeah. The tracer is important. It's really hard to see, but the more you use it, the more you'll get used to it. And that's really how you coupled with the cancel ability uh, land on those rooftops or in those kind of hard to reach places that you're aiming at at least. And the next kind of thing with this ability is that it's loud. It makes a ton of noise and is very visual. Uh, It's not really an ability that is meant to be used aggressively and just go right at somebody it is not like you cannot just teleport right in front of somebody there is a big delay on the animation once you land and so you're not just going to be able to go right into the fight and they can see it coming they can see it coming bright light trail um you can see it you know halfway across the map to see if there's a fight going on huge rainbow loba and then you get the streak after it even lands there's two visual things with loba and so it's not, it's not a rushing ability. It's not a speed ability. It's not like Octane to really close the gap. On the other hand, I will say your best bet in using it aggressively uh, is if, one, you're going on top of buildings. Uh, if people are inside a building and you want to push up and get on top of them, we value high ground a ton in this game. And doing that is really, really nice. And using it to kind of push people or flank. And when I mean push people, I mean, if you're engaged at somebody at range and they, first off, if you do damage, do not push when you're both at full health. The delay will destroy you as a Loba. But if you really damage somebody and they turn their back to go inside and heal, you can really push at them very quickly. And then I think the best way to really use it, though, is flanking. And, you know, if you use it opportunistically, uh, you can try and catch the teams when they're not looking and not going to see. Uh, but we love trying to 
shoot people from multiple different angles. It's very, very confusing and discombobulating. And she's a really, really good flanker uh, to win gunfights. Another thing is using it off of a jump tower is a great way to still get the range in which that you want to redeploy, uh, but not get shot. I mean, we love just destroying people on jump towers, um, but she can throw it really far once she gets up there and you cut off a lot of the animation uh, that you get from redeploying. And so that's a really, really nice ability to have. It's not really the best escape ability though. I think that's what a lot of people were expecting going into it and kind of like hearing about it. And it's something I was thinking of too, was like, this is going to be great. This is going to be in the same vein of a wraith when it comes to escaping. That is not true. It is not for escaping. Um, really, because when you throw the uh, tactical, it has a delay to activate and then a delay amongst a landing. You kind of are exposing yourself if you're in a bad situation. Loba's not the kind of character that Wraith is in that she's going to be the first one in the fight and then, oh man, I'm in trouble. Let me activate my tactical to get out of here. Uh, she's really just using it to gain a tactical advantage and like using your head and really thinking about it. If you're going to try to use it to escape, uh, I think the my best uh, opinion, unless you're absolutely amazing and can throw it through windows consistently, uh, which is something you can do and another fun thing just about this ability, but throwing it at doors and throwing it kind of shorter distances to really cut off these animation times in the front end and back end. Um, throw it right at a door, open the door and close the door and start healing immediately and you can kind of block the door and that little kind of tactical you use to jump that distance will help you get that bat, phoenix kit or whatever off. And that's really how I think it's best used to escape. Uh, if you're going to try and throw it as far as possible, you got to usually be like high. If you're throwing it off of a cliff, you'll get a lot more distance on it. And that's a really helpful thing. But at the same time, you have to be in cover and you can't be just in the open. You're going to get shot. I know Henry has loved just destroying some Lobas that will throw the bracelet and then they just walk around a bunch. They're exposed. They're very They're exposed. exposed. It takes a long time. Yeah. When you throw the bracelet, you can still move. And so definitely stay moving. That's the only tip I can give. Stay moving. Um, if you have the opportunity, it's a very unique situation, but I love to throw the bracelet from one building and then close the door so I can't get shot from where if I'm using it to push or kind of escape into a different direction. Because, uh, you know, doors are your friend, this Loba. That is like one of the big tips, I think, from this entire thing. Next, it's not really going to get you the high ground that Pathfinder's Grapple does. It's definitely a unique ability and will help you get high ground. Um, overall but do not compare it to pathfinder's grapple because pathfinder can really slingshot and use that momentum to get into some crazy spots um it's best for climbing up buildings but you're not going to go i was going to use skull town as an example that just kind of i just kind of cried a little bit that just broke my heart dang yeah you can't really throw it straight up to kind of like get these crazy crazy height positionings it's really more of a repositioner, you know, going from one high ground to another. And if you really uh, have the time, and it's not a situation where you will a lot of times, but like if you're positioning for the last round, I found that uh, the best example is outside of Slum Lakes, you have that mountain and you can kind of throw it up on top of that, but you have to like 
throw it and then immediately start climbing because all you can do is throw it into a couple of the cracks and so like kind of coupling it with the climbing on the ridges is kind of like the quote-unquote sneaky way to get the high ground that's all i got on the tactical though we're going to move into the ultimate now black market boutique so this is a very cool ability you know you place the portable device to teleport nearby loot to your inventory and the cooldown is just under three minutes. I think it's exactly 175 seconds. And, you know, place this thing down. Each teammate can take two items from all the loot pool that's nearby. Anything, guns, armor, healables, attachments, uh, you name it. It's great for getting your team the exact weapons they want. Uh, we've really used it a lot to kind of resupply ammo late game. Uh, in fights where you do run out of ammo sometimes throughout the game and it's really nice for that you don't have to risk running to a death box to kind of go try and grab some light ammo at the time and you know it's great for looting boxes during these late game fights and speeding up the looting process and that's something i think that is kind of key with loba really efficiently looting for the team and speeding up that looting process by putting everything into one hud is really nice especially if it's mid to late game and you don't want to waste time looking through three or four boxes to try and find that one extended light mag. Uh, make sure that you uh, close the ultimate after it's done. You know, any team, any team can use it. Um, and, you know, you just don't want to give that team any sort of advantage in Apex that they would use. And, you know, the ultimate can also block doors. It's really cool. Uh, late game, uh, kind of using it like a caustic trap to block doors uh, if you really are in that position where you're inside. Um, can be kind of nice and in that vein using it late game it's great to put down even if you don't need anything because you can get armor swaps out of it um, if you need to if you want to place them onto the ground you have to remove your armor and then grab another piece of armor out of the uh, black market boutique uh, but you know you can just keep it up and use it as those as a death box for an armor swap and especially on pc that's a lot easier to do because you can quickly move to that uh, part of the HUD. And the other tip I want to give is that you got to use this ultimate a lot. Like, do not hesitate to use it. Like, it's a pretty quick cooldown. And so, whether it's for, you know, finding armor for a teammate or that one times HCOG scope that'll take somebody to the next level, like, your job as Loba is to really set up the team and get the team uh, every gun that they like and every attachment that they need. And having this ability to really grab and expedite this looting process is really key and now I have just some other fun notes that's the category i put this under you can use a sniper scope kind of a bigger scope and it helps you see uh, the loot nearby and ping it through walls from a further distance which is kind of a fun thing i don't use a ton of snipers so i don't use that ability a ton but i've definitely seen some people doing that uh, the bracelet will get canceled by watson's ultimate because everything gets canceled by Watson's ultimate. For real. <laughs> and her hitbox is not yet confirmed from a pixel standpoint, uh, but it looks to be about the size of Bangalore's from the looks of it. She does not have low profile. She does not have fortified. She's right there in the middle. Uh, it's a good size. And definitely, you know, it's not like you're playing Gibraltar Acoustic still. You, you have some ability to be evasive and, you know, jump around and do what you can to survive in those situations. And, you know, overall, Loba's an awesome legend. Uh, she offers this movement ability that a lot of people don't have. And it's fun to really take this different uh, perspective on Apex in 
you know, let's be a efficient looter, especially for me, like looting is not a fun activity in my opinion. And so being able to expedite that process is key. And, you know, Loba is a support legend. She's not so much an attacker. And so use her as that. Help your team get into the best position they can. You know, get your revenants the stuff they need to survive. Get your mirages what they need to survive. Those are the attackers. And, you know, this is just a similar thing from Lifeline's perspective in that she's a support legend. And so use her as that. Uh, Her kit is not meant to be used mid-fight. Uh, similar to lifelines as well like it is not a mirage where you're going to try and confuse people during the fight or a revenant where you're going to silence people Uh, her key focus during fights is gunplay if you see an opportunity to use the bracelet to get that positioning advantage do it and that's really all i have to say about loba tried to make it quick and concise but i felt like you know we've played i've played a ton of loba uh since season's come out you know, racking up the wins and kills at this point. I'm not a crazy psycho that has like 5,000 kills like some people do, which is freaking mind-blowing and hats off to all of y'all for uh, grinding like that. But, you know, I've definitely put in some serious time with her. Uh, she's an awesome legend and has some of the best voice lines in the game as well, in my opinion. Like, she is just really, really fun to use and a very different take on Apex than any other legend has offered. Yeah, she's incredibly unique. You know, I really admire playing with Lobos. I think that a lot of her kit makes her like a recon legend. Yeah. You know, her passive is pretty much recon, uh, which is really unique. Um, and then in a couple notes on the ultimate is I play with some random Lobos and they're really hesitant to put it down. Yeah. Like we let, we loot half a place before putting down the ultimate and then it's not really getting its value. You know, no. you don't know in advance what's there. You don't know if it's worth spending the time looting. And you could just get what you need faster without it. Um, and then you can also punch uh, the Loba ultimate yeah. uh, to destroy it, which is useful. Uh, if the Loba, you know, loots it and then takes off, you as a teammate can help out and punch it a couple of times. Uh, but that being said, it can also kind of be used as cover. You know, yeah. it has, I'm pretty sure, close to maybe 90 health. Yeah, it's got um, some health for sure, but it's definitely skinny at the bottom. So yeah. people can definitely shoot you still at the base, but it's better than nothing at some points. <laughs> it can kind of be helpful there. Um, yeah, I, I definitely think, uh, Loba is very fun, very cool and, uh, definitely worth playing more. And we ranked her pretty high. Yeah. She cracked our top four, top five. She's up there and she's, she's a great legend. Both these legends are absolutely awesome. And that is our mastering the segment, mastering the legend segment. Uh, you know, Lifeline and Loba are awesome legends and we're looking forward to doing this again soon. Uh, we've now done Caustic, Gibraltar, Lifeline, Loba. And hopefully, you know, Mirage and somebody else is up next and uh, we can uh, dive deep into those people. If you guys really have somebody you want to hear on this deep dive segment, uh, let us know on the Instagram or the Twitter and we'll try and make it happen. But it's a serious time commitment for this. We try to make sure we really, really understand these legends when we're playing them at that point. With that, though, we're going to move into kind of talking a little bit about Charge Towers, which are a new addition to king's canyon in season five and i'll let henry explain the basics of using the charge tower absolutely so the these kind of came out of nowhere um they're really interesting very new for apex uh, but essentially they have a five second activation and any legend that's staying on the platform around them gets their ultimate fully charged super cool um really it's essentially silent um, but it does give off a bit of a light flash when used um 
And then afterwards, it takes a few minutes to recharge. So you can use it again uh, if a team used it ahead of you. Yep. Um, really, major points of focus are capacitor on Kings Canyon has three of them, mm-hmm. um, which means that you can definitely go there um, as a team by yourself and get a lot of ultimates. Uh, or there can be some pretty exciting fights when everybody has their ultimate there. Um, but really talking about strategies and using them and who best to use them with um, is kind of an interesting story. The main rotation that we've been running this season has been we drop rig or right outside of rig, um, try to use that charge tower there, and then rotate through capacitor, hit all three of those, and then up and around uh, through containment and hitting the last charge tower through there. So that's five charge towers. And if you're, you know, Loba and you're able to just get to a space, use that uh, charge tower, get down your ultimate, can be really great at getting that loot fast. And lifeline. It's a real serious buff to her. You know, we've not had any fights really where we haven't had purple armor this season when we're dropping in that area. It's a big buff for her. Yeah, I've been excited to talk about these for a long time. Um, I really like them. I think they're such an interesting concept to have in the game. Um, I think it's kind of obvious that Loba and Lifeline uh, are really good for this just because it can give you that early loot advantage and specifically with Lifeline having a six minute charge up. Mm -hmm. um, It just really almost makes that null and void when you can easily get five or six a game without ultimate accelerants and without waiting six minutes in between. So that's uh, quite useful and can definitely get the team kitted out. Yeah, and doing it with Loba to the same extent. Like if you can start the fight down at Capacitor with purple and blue for your team, uh, that's a serious advantage you'll have over everybody else to start down there. Yeah, and some other legends that you know can really uh, use these charge towers instantly right off the drop and have great success, uh, in our opinion, is Bloodhound, being able to bathe in the Bluth. Uh, you know, right off the drop is Love pretty awesome. In the booth. You know, if you can drop in at rig or capacitor and have 35 seconds uh, at minimum of, you know, seeing everybody in bright red, it's a huge advantage. It really uh, makes a difference. And then Caustic and Gibraltar, just being able to drop and then instantly have that huge powerful ultimate is quite good. Uh, and then not to mention Revenant, you know, yeah. is really good ultimate. can kind of be tough when you don't have armor early on, uh, but that doesn't mean that Revenant shouldn't be stepping on the pad with everybody else. And it's, then lastly, uh, we just said Bangalore, just because she has such a long uh, charge up for it. It's worth it to just bring that down and hopefully use that ultimate more uh, now that King's Canyon has these charge towers. Yeah, it's really nice to get these aggressive attacking legends their ultimate early because, you know, it sucks to have common armor and get hit by a caustic ult at the beginning of the game. Like, these are huge advantages that are meant to control late game situations. And now you have this ability to get them early. I love this addition. And the fact that there are so many of them scattered throughout the maps is really, really fun. And like you were saying, I was not expecting this at all. And it's been a real, real, real cool addition for sure. And the fact of the matter is that hopefully the third partiers can use this, you know, because I see so many teams not understanding that the map has shifted to the northeast they're still going salvage yeah. which is tons of fun they're still going gauntlet they're still going market they're missing out on these early charge towers that you can get up at rig and capacitor huge advantage can definitely turn the fight and hopefully you guys are taking advantage of it yeah and with that let's uh, dive into the weapon concept uh from green bean washing uh, it's called the payback and it is a pistol 
and it is energy ammo. I love that so far, just to start. Uh, the payback has a similar fire rate to the P2020, uh, 24 damage to the head, 12 to the body, with 12 shots in the mag. It shoots small shards which stick to the enemies. If you stick five shards on an enemy when they all explode, then they all explode, doing the respective damage. Care package weapons with one to two hot times hollow sight, and it has 84 bullets total. So this is a gold gun, and that's pretty cool. Uh, you know, energy weapons are awesome, and we were a little disappointed to not get the Volt, and just adding more uh, SMGs and pistols uh, of the energy class would be really cool. And it's a, it's a pretty fun concept for sure. Yeah, I definitely love energy weapons. Uh, one thing that I really like about Loba that I forgot to mention was right now I'm using a lot of Wingman and Havoc. Mm -hmm. Both of those weapons don't really need attachments. And so you can get, you know, these great weapons right off the drop with Loba. Uh, but kind of talking about a pistol like the Wingman and having the perks of an energy weapon, being able to strafe with a pistol, very, very good. Um, handguns in this game have gotten a lot of love. They're the only weapon mm -hmm. class that have two hop-ups right now, the Skull Piercer and Hammer Point. Um, and so I really like this. Um, I like this idea. Um, I think it could be pretty difficult to use and it could take some skills just because um, you're only incurring damage after you hit five consecutive shots. And so being able to have that movement in between to kind of be dodging all this damage um, could definitely have a good payout. But I would kind of recommend to this concept that potentially it could have splash damage. Yeah. So if you pop down these five shots on somebody, um, yeah, they're kind of like a Semtex grenade now, and they're running around kind of scared. I got four shots on me. Um, don't let me get hit again. Uh, that could definitely be a tactic used with this. It'd be really cool to have a pistol as a gold gun as well. Like, that'd be awesome, for yeah. sure. Uh, and with that, though, let's have Henry share the legend concept for the day. Awesome. So this one's from LG Shinimo. Legend's name is Feedback, and it is in the Recon class. The passive is that he can hear other nearby squads' pings while in a fight. Their tactical is he can set up two traps with trigger flashbang-like effects. When a trap goes off, the team is alerted like a Watson fence or a bamboozle with a maximum of four traps. And then the ultimate is they send out a pulse, which stuns enemies and disables their pings for 15 seconds or they experience an audio feedback or static. Very cool concept. Uh, you know, I love that, you know, people are getting excited about recon legends now. Because recently, they've been getting a lot of buffs, you they've know, especially Bloodhound. a lot of love. Um, but this is a really cool class. I love playing Bloodhound right now. Um, you know, Crypto, I think, has their own road to hoe. But uh, I really like uh, getting some love for the recon class. Um, so kind of taking it piece by piece, the passive, hearing enemy pings. Um, I think it could be kind of a challenge from a game code perspective, uh, but could be kind of cool if done right. Do you think right. it would help you if you heard the enemy pings? Because my first question when I read this concept and something I think we should talk about is how helpful is it to understand or get rid of pings? Because how often do people ping? We ping a lot. We love yeah. the ping system. Uh, but I've played with a lot of people that really don't utilize that at all, uh, especially when you're on mics and have the ability to just talk to yourselves instead. Yeah, I think the closest thing we can compare to this to right now is Wraith's passive. And, you know, that ranked really low in our rankings mm -hmm. as a passive ability. So where would this fall on it? Um, you know, I think if executed right, 
and it kind of had a distorted voice so you could keep track of what were friendly pings and what were enemy pings. Yeah. I think that's an obstacle. Um, but yeah, I hear what you're saying that maybe not everybody pings, but with such a robust, good system that Apex have, I think this could be kind of an interesting concept to introduce a, a kind of pinging legend. We have a looting legend now. Yeah, we need we a, a pinging, pinging legend. legend. It's kind of cool. But next, that tactical. Um, on the podcast, we've talked a lot about uh, flashbangs in the past. Yeah. Just this concept of adding grenades is something that we really like. We love throwables. Throwables win but games. Simple math. It's a fact. Uh, but flashbangs, we've always been pretty hesitant about just because if you start taking away people's hearing and sight for multiple seconds, there's no counter to that. Like it's too good. Yeah. Revenant already has almost in a way a flashbang with his ability and it's obviously not what a flashbang is. And so if you had a more extreme version of that, that could be really intense because the Revenant thing already is just shredding people. Yeah. I mean, right now, uh, if this legend uh, feedback were to be playing like a caustic and kind of be trapping doors, mm-hmm. uh, instead of somebody kicking down a door and getting, you know, one second of gas and taking damage and stepping back, if instead they got stunned and blinded for two or three seconds, yeah. that's incredibly better. Yeah. And, you know, can completely, it's almost like an insta-kill ability. Yeah, like, it's, it's really, no really good. Um, but moving on to that ultimate, yeah, I wait, like real quick, idea. real quick. I just wanted to say that this ultimate is awesome. And this is the ultimate that I've kind of been saying I want on crypto as a buff. And that like it is like a pulse uh, that can happen like if the off the drone in his backpack that doesn't affect him. And so I love this concept first off uh, that was introduced for sure. Yeah, we, we definitely have talked off air about crypto and, you know, if he could use that ultimate without deploying the drone mm-hmm. and how completely insane that would be. Um, but this one specifically, you know, kind of aside from that flashbang stun effect, just this concept of eliminating enemies' abilities to ping, you know, if it was long enough, this could definitely give you an advantage in a fight. Mm-hmm. It'd be hard to feel that as a team, like, oh, these guys don't know how to ping. They're not calling out where we are. Um, you know, it, it can be kind of tough. Um, but I do kind of like it. I think this is a very creative concept. Uh, it has some cool abilities in it. It focuses on you know what makes Apex Apex and these pings. Uh, so overall, I think it's pretty dang cool. Yeah, I like it. Thank you for the legend submission. It is awesome. Uh, if you guys ever want to submit a legend concept, shoot us an email, thethirdpartypod at gmail.com. That's linked in the description below. Uh, we try to get back to you guys on there. We love hearing the legend concepts and hearing what you guys have to come up with. It's really, really cool for sure. Uh, But with that, let's wrap up with some questions and a little mailbag. The first question is coming from Prompt Hornet 8, and it's actually a five-star review. Uh, You guys have soothing voices, and I can tell you guys are passionate about what you say. Thank you so much. I also like listening to you guys because I can hear more opinions, and I hear all about the patch notes. Do you play ranked leagues, and what do you think of the rewards for them? Great question. We do grind on ranked. Um, You know, last season we definitely played a lot of ranked and this season we're on the road to master. Um, (laughs) But I think we like the rewards. They definitely changed it a lot last season. Um, I think it's cool. The dive trails are super scary and the badges are pretty cool to flex. I like that they made the dive trails only for the master and pred tier. Like it really means something if you see it now and it's a serious reward and you know, the fact that they did it so it only lasts for one season is kind of cool because 
moving forward, if you see that purple master dive trail or that pred trail, you know you're in for some trouble because that person's a badass. And I'm a fan of the charms as well. And I think that the you know badges look cool. I flex those on pretty much most of the legends. And I'm just a big fan of the rewards for sure. Next question is coming from Dr. Memes. It's also a five-star review. You always make Apex sound like so much fun. Not only that, but you help me get better with tips. I usually listen to you while I play Apex, and it makes it all the more enjoyable. Still baffles me that people are listening to I the podcast they do while playing. But if you're playing right now, clutch the dub. Yep, get the dub. Three squads left. I'm feeling it. If you're playing Mirage, you're set up for success. All day. Uh, Dr. Meme's question is, how do you play when you solo queue? I usually play with a full party of my friends, but when they aren't on, I want to be better at getting wins with randoms. Great question. Nailed it. it like, this is the only question that will ever be, how do you, how do you win uh, as a solo in a team-based game with randoms? Yeah, it's hard. I mean, I'm going to be honest. First part of it is luck. Like, there's a lot you can do to help, and we'll say that quickly, but a huge piece of it is getting some teammates that are at least willing to stick together, and that is key, uh, sticking with your team. You know, do not abandon them uh, just because, you know, you want to go one on three and try and go for the high kill games. Like if you're focusing on getting those wins when you're solo queuing, uh, communicate a lot and use that ping system. And, you know, don't be afraid to get on the mics with random people. Uh, you'll meet some really good people. And a lot of the guys we play with now are people that were randoms that we ended up really uh, vibing with and ranked. And, you know, there's it's a huge, awesome community out there. And, you know, as a team-based game, communication is the number one key. And so really focusing on that in whatever aspect it is, mic or ping, that's my opinion for sure. Yeah, Shay and I have been playing together for more than a year now. And for the majority of that, we did not talk to randoms. Yeah. Like we would be in party chat. We wouldn't talk to our third. Um, but in the recent months, in the last few weeks, uh, when we are not, not playing together, um, I have definitely talked to a lot more randoms and it mm-hmm. helps. So I definitely think that's great advice to not be afraid of uh, talking to the randoms. Yeah. And from a play style perspective, I mean, if you want to be the ultimate team player, um, you know, you if you're picking last from the legend concept, you could pick a legend that is more compatible with your team. And we'll go over legend compatibility in an upcoming episode for sure. Soon. Yeah. But, um, you know, really just playing as a team and doing what you can to help your randoms as frustrating as it will be at times and you know it's going to send you over the edge and you know oh man we could we could rant for a while so let's not do that let's not do that (laughs) last question or comment for the day from ranked god five stars as well talking about lifeline uh from the dummies big day game mode there was an ability where you could throw out items Uh, perhaps lifeline could have her ultimate reworked so she throws out a bunch of healables for her teams what are your thoughts um, you know, it definitely is an interesting perspective. Her tactical kind of already fills this need of healing the teammates. And so then it's like, should the ultimate really be to throw out more shields? Like, unless we're talking batteries and Phoenix kits and med kits, I don't think it would be uh, the most useful ability. I really like the idea from a side grade perspective of giving Lifeline some sort of healing pulse uh, to allow her to heal the entire team and really focus on that medic. But, you know, uh, that could be a tough ask in that that could yeah. really make her uh I'm not sure broken. if that's a side grade. That's because yeah. I'm so excited with what they do. Like, I don't know how they can keep her where she is while making her more unique. Uh, 
But this kind of idea for an ultimate rework, I think is kind of interesting. Um, you know, I think that her passive accomplishes this by giving people more healables in the supply bins. And I think her tactical gives people, you know, that instant heal. Um, so I think maybe this ultimate is just kind of more of the same drum, uh, but it's kind of cool. And, you know, as I talked about today, I love her ultimate where it is. Mm-hmm. I'm excited uh, to see where they take her in the future. Uh, but thanks so much, Ranked God, for uh, sending in the concept. Yeah. Thank you guys for your questions. And thank you so much, everyone, for listening to the podcast. We've cracked over a thousand uh, listens now on back-to-back weeks. And uh, we're lucky enough to have an exciting announcement coming for you guys next week. So stay tuned for that. Uh, please subscribe to us on Apple Pods. Give us a follow on Spotify. Leave a five-star review with your question. We'll definitely answer it on the next upcoming pod. And follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Third Party Pod. We interact with everybody on there. Thank you so much for listening to the Third Party Podcast. Peace. Boom! Whole squad down. Hey, brother, not today. Maybe tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs>